who was hired by numerous mob bosses, including the Kingpin, the Owl, and the leader of the Tracksuit Draculas. I've never wanted to have sex with a Popeye, but like, I'd have sex with that Popeye. We're all weak to stepping on nails. Let me preface this by saying I wrote a script. Daytona Beach is like two mild inconveniences from being a post-apocalyptic wasteland anyway. So many of my tabs say semen. Are you guys ready for this weird horny adventure that we're all about to go on? You can't handcuff me for skanking. This motherfucker gaslights you. Diet Coke and Sorrow will be chapter four. And against all odds, Kyle, we became those squirrely weirdos. This whole podcast is a very negative mouthfeel. Stop. This is your warning that this episode is going to be full of Black Widow spoilers. So, before we get started, That's. Does anyone want to get out in Russian? Comrade. I don't think it is. I don't believe you. <laughs> I, think, I think you just you just said, does anyone want to get out backwards? That's that's a sad amalgamation of somebody else's language. That's what that is. I we apologize to anyone who listens who actually speaks Russian. Do we have any downloads from Russia? I'm sure. We'll cut all this. I don't know. Uh, heading to Libsyn now. We have two. We have two oh. downloads Fuck yeah. from Russia. <laughs> In the last with love, uh, in the last three months, three months we've had two downloads in Russia. Does not specify okay. where in Russia. Well, great. Um, that poor translation behind us. Hello, and welcome to a long overdue sidebar episode of Debate This, the show where no one is right, but someone is definitely wrong. In this podcast, we take time out of our busy adult lives to talk about comics, video games. And why Black Widow's deep undercover location being somewhere in rural Ohio feels very right. <laughs> I think I said yep. when I watched the movie yesterday, mm. of like, yes, that could be any town in Midwest America. Yeah, Let's it, call it Ohio. That, title's, that title card may as well have been any town USA. Any town yeah. USA. Well, they drove by all the hit, like all the Midwest hits. Oh, Just yeah. sure everything did. in one like five mile drive to... Yeah, abandoned airfield. The Circle K that they passed really set the tone for me. (laughs) So I'm Todd Thomas, and joining me today to discuss Black Widow plot points, spoilers, and more is Kyle Crimson Dynamo Harper, Matt Ursa Major Cole, and Andrew Vostok Henderson, which obviously I had to use the Winter Guard names here because that's just... Very good. We'll probably talk more about that. But anyway, we've all consumed Black Widow through in-person or through Disney Plus over the past 24 hours, and now we are ready to talk about it with you, our beloved listeners. I did not like through in-person. That that bothered me a little bit. We watched it through. It, we consumed it through in-person. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Language is weird. Because we all knew what he meant. Yeah, yeah. right. Even though I, mean, I got it, I just didn't like it. Pairing of words, but well, okay. I want to. I want to get into this. But before we get started, guys, does the number eight hundred and six mean anything to you? It's the the New Balances. That's the white New Balances. The New Balance eight hundred sixes. And like, and this this is Republican Jews. Listeners, this isn't a bit. Like, I'm actually asking. Like, do you guys know what the number eight hundred and six? Um, well, obviously, you're referring to the area code that refers to the northern part of the state of Texas. No, that okay, never mind. The cities of Amarillo and Lubbock. So I'll I'll go ahead and give it to you. Eight hundred and six is the number of days it has been since we recorded all four of us a sidebar for a Marvel movie. 
806 days ago from this oh. recording was when Ooh. Endgame came out and we recorded in live that <laughs> oh, sidebar. No. Damn. Um, other than that, there's been one other Marvel movie that's come out since that. That was Spider-Man Far From Home where Andrew and I did a recording. That was 745 days ago. Wow. So, how long ago did we do the, the, episode, the first episode on Black Widow? <laughs> Because didn't we do this already? <laughs> well, we did the Winter Guard. When was yeah. the Winter Guard flavor That was what taste? it was. I, I don't um, have okay. that in front of me, but I but thought that, that was, was just the before times, man. I seem to I'll remember an episode. I seem to remember an episode called "David Harbor is My Real Dad." What was that? <laughs> well, I do remember that one. That was the Winter Guard episode, but that was okay. also in the era where we were talking about here's all the cool Marvel stuff that's coming out, and then we should have just thrown that episode in the trash. If you, for a fun relic of how we all felt before the pandemic, listeners, go listen to David Harbour is my real dad, our episode yeah. on all um, our predictions for this also, movie. Also, quick pitch, I would like this episode title to be David Harbour is not, in parentheses, my real dad. <laughs> <laughs> David Harbour is my undercover dad. <laughs> fake, fake dad who views me as a job. Um, so we are obviously here to talk a bit about Black Widow, so I, I do want to just like kind of get into it. So, so guys, just real quick to kind of kind of start this out. What were your initial thoughts here on the movie? Um, I'll start. I I feel I told Matt this. So Matt and I saw this last night at the movies uh, live in an in person through in person uh, through yeah, in person via via in person, and uh, it was just honestly like really tight to be at a movie theater. It felt really good. Yeah, like man. just to get like a like a big slimy popcorn and and uh, <laughs> and just kind of do it. Um, that that in itself was really fun. I feel about this movie like I feel about the Mission Impossible series, where like <laughs> it's good, stupid fun. Like I had a great time. I don't I don't really think the plot matters. <laughs> no. I didn't like I didn't come away thinking like oh that was so cool. Just like I had a good time. It was really fun. I thought it was funny. There was some good action sequences. It gave Scarlett Johansson a great write-off to the series. And I love Florence Pugh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, go ahead. I'll no. go. I, I watched I watched it uh, digitally on my computer screen. So I had a slightly different experience in that regard. Um, I think had I seen it with my with my giant greasy popcorn and a and a half gallon of soda, um, I would have enjoyed it a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was good, it was fun. Um, the the tone for being a movie about child trafficking felt off to me in places. <laughs> um, yeah. But like you said, if if you turn that part of your brain off and just enjoy it for the the Mission Impossibleness of it, it was a fun movie. Uh, Matt, before you go to add on to what Kyle said, there's a line that that Drakov says that like I'm utilizing a resource that is limitless and it just the, the I watch it with subtitles because I don't like reading books I like reading movies and he goes there's a resource that is limitless and it just goes girls yeah <laughs> like, watching it watching it I was like Ugh. yeah yeah, yeah. I um I leaned over to Maddie very early in the movie and did my best grew from Despicable Me goals. <laughs> and so all throughout the movie I just heard like Drakov talking about like there's an unlimited resource that the world has so much of. It's Gorals. Um but yeah, I mean I I thought it was a fine movie. I had fun. It was good. It was it, it was very fine. Um I thought that the writing was funny enough to like keep me hooked. The action was cool. The plot super didn't matter. Um, I watched Civil War yesterday. Well, I guess two days ago. Now, 
I watched Civil War before I watched the Black day before Widow. you watched this. Yeah. yeah, and that really helped me like put into perspective what to expect, you know? Because like, I think had I gone into Black Widow not watching Civil War, even though I knew it took place in the past, my brain has been so focused on like what's going on with Loki, what's coming with the future of the MCU, what does Scarlet Witch's existence mean? That like. All of that being absent from Black Widow would have wigged me out a little bit more, but because I watched the movie leading into this movie, it fit, and I didn't really have any of those complaints. Um, I thought the casting was great. I thought the writing was was pretty solid. I think Marvel has really nailed down the equation of here is a C plus movie with A minus writing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, um, and I do, I do like that. So. Yeah, and I thought it was a good swan song for Scarlett Johansson because at the end of the day, it's really all it was. She put a lot of the MCU on her back for like 20 years and Mm -hmm. deserved a solo film or show and she got one. So there you go. I would just just briefly to add into that. I obviously we had all talked as we watched and, and prepared to watch this. And I think Matt put it best there having watched Civil War beforehand. That's been the advice I've given other people because I couldn't really put my <clears throat> put my finger on it, but um, this was like an epilogue to Civil War to me. Um, if like yeah. it was like Civil War, you know, Captain America Civil War three, you know, three point five or whatever. That and if I didn't realize this till after you had said that, Matt, the the title cards for each location they were at was the same font as they used in Civil War. Yes, um, like it's a fun I, little Easter egg, but I hadn't. I, it looked I familiar, and I I yeah. didn't catch it until then. Wasn't that the same in Infinity War too? It's a little bit different. Yeah, they changed it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, this was the Spider-Man Far From Home of Civil War. Like, here is a character that was in Endgame mm. in a different plot mm. that vaguely matters to what we've already seen. And this was, here is a character that was in Civil War with a different plot that vaguely matters to what we've already seen. The, do, you the mean, do you mean Homecoming? Yeah, that's super what I said. <laughs> the comparison <laughs> I it. kept coming back to was um, the second Ant-Man movie. It had that yeah. ab- about that amount of relevance on the overall plot. Sure. Um, that that amount of stakes, almost. Um, it was except now I, the quantum realm is all we're going to be talking about for the next five years. But, sure. but aside from that, that's that, sure. I was I was totally with there with yeah. you too. That's that's well, what we're I and we're gonna we're gonna see Taskmaster come up again. I'm sure, mm-hmm. and we're gonna see. I we better see um, David Harbor and Rachel Weisz <laughs> again. So. Florence Pugh. We're going to talk about some of those things. Um, so so we'd kind of already touched about it again. So listeners, in case you're still kind of lost where this lands. So Black Widow takes place immediately after Civil War, which leads it before Infinity War. Um, and then that post credit scene you get is after Endgame. Um, I think that we had said before the recording, it was like seven years after uh, Civil War. The- the events of the the events of the movie we yes. had just watched, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Civil War was 2016, mm-hmm. and then the end of Endgame was 2023. Yes, yes, that sounds right. Um, so so let's let's talk a bit more about this. So overall, you know, we kind of discussed some of this, but what are your thoughts on on the plot overall? So I mean, we have the story that kind of went from Natasha evading, you know, uh, Secretary Ross. She's then rescuing her sister. She's then disbanding the Red Room. She's then taking down Drakov. She's then just kind of like getting away in the end. Um, what what were your thoughts, you know, your thoughts, good, bad, ugly, over the plot that we had here today? 
it all felt very I got I kept getting like born identity vibes from how the plot jumped from kind of place to place mm-hmm. to place and once once you kind of catch up with that's what they're doing it flows a little smoother it was a tad jumpy at the beginning but it um I liked it it was it was an action movie plot kept it moving um yeah yeah much like endgame the first 15 minutes does not reflect the to represent the rest of the movie yeah and for for better or for worse i liked the intro role i liked the setup i think that's an that the whole like the um rachel vice's character was melina and Mm -hmm. alexi are uh, you know, sleeper agents like that's cool. That's very like late Cold War era. That that's an interesting take. I don't think that I think that's original. I don't think that were because wasn't um, wasn't Red Guardian Black Widow's husband originally in the yeah, comics so, or something? Yeah. So that Alexei. Yeah. So there's been a couple. There's been two Alexei Black Widow or um, Red Guardians, but Alexei Shostakov um, is she ultimately is Black Widow's husband in the comics. So Got yeah, it. they they definitely mess. Yeah. And again, Melina Melina's character. Um, is based off of the character Iron Maiden in the comics, mm-hmm. which she was totally not that. But there's an Easter egg that referenced a helmet in her like workshop. But yeah, it was mm-hmm. it was Got it. it was new. Yeah, I, I like that framing device, but but ultimately, you know, the plot was very thin. Um, <laughs> it was just like, oh, we're gonna go take down this aerial base in the sky. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, cool. this Whatever. aerial base that the Avengers mi- have missed for yeah. the last uh, half decade. Yeah, this guy that like runs the world or whatever and elected Bill Clinton. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <Right. laughs> yeah. Well, and it's go ahead, Matt. Oh, I was just gonna say like the I told Maddie last night when we got home that like I felt like that movie needed to be a full hour longer to connect all the plot points, but I didn't want it to be a full hour longer (laughs) at all. Like, I really didn't want that. And I feel like the whole movie was just a vehicle of, like, let's make Scarlett Johansson do cool shit, Mm -hmm. period. Like, let's just see Black Widow do cool things. And I think... Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, I think that they came up with a really complex plot just to make Scarlett Johansson do cool things, and it made the whole plot feel very hollow. It felt halfway between a kind of more classic MCU movie and the new Disney Plus shows to me, where, like, the story, like you said, the story did need maybe another two episodes, quote-unquote, to round it out, but in movie format, that would have drug a long time uh, like drug yeah. on for a lot longer than that amount of time so um i i it really felt to me like the bridge into the disney plus s- series of shows even though it came out after three shows are are almost wrapped up now well and it's it's worth noting too I, this is a big payoff from um, Avengers. So if you watched Marvel Legends, they give like a nice little lead up to this movie mm-hmm. and Black Widow in general. And, you know, I think a lot of us had probably forgotten Loki's monologue in 2012, where he says he refers to, um, you know, Drakov's daughter, which like we never get a resolution mm-hmm. to that. So this is a, a decade in the making is the yeah. discussion of Budapest and the assassination attempt against Drakov, where. I don't know if they spell it out or not, but I'm pretty sure they put the bomb in the girl's backpack. I think that was what they were alluding to. Um, yeah. I don't I, know if they, they said it or not. I knew there was a bomb, but I, I think it was like, I think they put a bomb in his daughter's backpack. 
No, she would have been. Ex- she would have died if that was the case. I think it was just they were waiting for her to go inside the building because they needed um, they needed to make sure the family died or something. I don't know. the The way I took it was that the building the building was loaded mm-hmm. and they needed confirmation that Drakov was, was inside, in and mm-hmm. his daughter it. going to the office was that confirmation. Mm-hmm. But. In the, I mean, regardless, uh, the, the, it's just interesting to know that like an Easter egg from 2012 that meant nothing became the overarching paid off. plot yeah. of a big bad. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Red I, Skull. There you go. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel, I feel the same way all of you do. That I think this was obviously the, one of the worst versions of like a big bad who wants to do big bad things, and so we got to stop the big bad who we all agree is big and bad. Um, which, you know, I think that, that Marvel has gotten a bit more nuanced in their, their villains. And this is one that, that was just like, he leads an army of, you know, people that he mind controls and they do assassinations. He needs to die. Yeah. Yeah. They this... gave Drakov about as much backstory as they gave to Crossbones and they killed Crossbones <laughs> like 10 minutes into that movie. And we yeah. got Drake off for yeah. two hours. Yeah, fucking Darren Cross got more character development. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we're, we're talking about characters. So let's let's go into that. So we obviously got a handful of new characters, which, you know, I think it's probably a safe assumption that some of these characters will be long lasting throughout the MCU for a while. And then I think there's some that we'll probably never hear from again. Um, so for you all, I would just love to hear like, who stood out to you and, you know, who do you want more from or who could you have like used more story from? Who do you want to see carry the MCU forward for the next decade? And why is it David Harbour? <laughs> um, it's absolutely. I mean, first and foremost, it is David, David Harbour. The, when he finally when we finally cut to him at arm wrestling people in the prison, <laughs> lying about fighting Captain America, um, <laughs> I got I got everything I was waiting for in the movie. It was incredible. Um, beyond that, I would have liked to have seen more um, of Ross in the movie. Mm-hmm. I I think he's like he's going to be a bigger player going forward. We all know that, and we've gotten such a slow drip on that that I wanted to I wanted that uh, the spigot to open a little bit more. He um, looked awful, by the well, way. <laughs> and so, so, and I think, and, and you know, this is this is forecasting. I think that that is he he is an older man at this point, and I think that is either just the 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 harsh grit grasp of age <laughs> pulling him down, or I think it is alluding to the fact that like he is ultimately going to do something wild with the super soldier serum and become Red Hulk. Um, I'm just here to say that we're going to get Red Hulk eventually, and I'm going to keep saying it, even if he retires and he's like, I'm never doing another movie. I'm going to say, yeah, but is he going to be Red Hulk? I I <laughs> feel like the deal was sign on for these amount of movies. The mouse will keep you alive that long. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they got to give him Mickey. They got to Feige's got to get him another blood boy, a new blood boy. Because um, I'm just saying the difference between William Hurt in Civil War, and this mm-hmm. was filmed what, like 2018, I assume. Like that's Feels not right. probably like three years of a lapse because I assume they filmed Civil War in like 15. Yeah. The difference between like he looks really good in Civil War. He's like he's like trim whatever, mm-hmm. and then like he just looked like death warmed over. <laughs> that seemed like, dude, three years out. Like it hit you hard. Uh, I hope he's okay. I hope he survived the pandemic. Okay. William Hurt's uh, appearance aside, I would agree with with Kyle <laughs> that if you would have asked me how much. 
uh, Secretary Ross we were going to get in this movie, I would have said a lot more than what we got. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I okay. Here's here's kind of my hot take. I don't think anybody from this movie comes back except Yelena Belova, and that yeah, bums okay. me out because I want David Harbor back. Mm-hmm. Um, William Hurt, I guess. Okay, Secretary Ross, I would put oh, off yeah, to the yeah. side because like we're gonna get Thunderbolts eventually. Um, and whether it's William Hurt or like some other skin bag, we're gonna get Secretary <laughs> Ross back. <laughs> but like, I. I don't think we ever see Melina again, which honestly nah. is fine. I I, I would agree with her. that. Um, I I think Drakov is actually dead, dead. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd hope so. Yeah, yeah. he's super dead. The I, I'm just going off the characters you have here. Like mm-hmm. Mason was fine. Like every yeah. every James Bond needs the Hawaiian shirt guy who lives in Cuba who can get him a plane this weekend. He, the, it's like that's yeah. a it's a trope can, and that's the way it was. If I may quickly though, I, I could see Rick Mason coming back as like a Colson kind of figure, only because like that casting so I uh OT of I'm gonna butcher this. Fa- um Fake Benley? Fake Benley. Ben- he's a pretty big get. I mean he's the yeah. he's the supporting character in Handmaid's Tale. Like mm-hmm. yeah. that's he, and I thought he was really good. I think he did a really good job with that character. There's just not much there. I could see him coming back as like a side, as a cue, yeah. like an attaché. Like, yeah, 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 exactly. Well, and it's it's worth saying like they kept. <clears throat> if you would have asked me a month ago, I would have told you that there was a fifty percent chance that Mason was Taskmaster because they kept Ot's character on the down low. Huge. Yeah. They didn't yeah. talk about him. You didn't see him doing anything because they were trying to keep Taskmaster's identity secret. And I think that that was intentional to try and make you think that OT could end up being, you know, Mason slash Taskmaster, which obviously didn't happen. But I, I would agree. Like, I think there's maybe a chance. But yeah, keep keep going, Matt. Yeah, I, I don't think we get Taskmaster again. I really don't. Um, I think that Taskmaster was a very crossbones level. We just needed a disposable villain to kick some ass. And like she did kick some ass and it mm-hmm. was real. I mm-hmm. really enjoyed the Taskmaster scenes, but like the way that her character ended in this movie, yeah. I think is just like a, she's done. I I think she was only being driven to be Taskmaster by her father's control. And I, I think that that's over. And then uh, I really hope we get Ursa back. I mean, we talked about <laughs> it a lot. Like all of your Richters was a big get. Mm-hmm. And I was really surprised that we got him for one 10 second bit for that broke his arm and called it a day. Um, I, I was really surprised by that. So my my hot take is we only get Yelena Belova back with the exclusion of Secretary of State General Ross. The two that I really hope we get back are David Harbour and Ursa. I don't know that we do, but it yeah. would be nice. Um, mm-hmm. And kind of the reason that I have this thought is I was thinking yesterday like why could this movie have not come out after civil war like why wait so long to give us a movie that happened seven years ago and the answer i took was if you introduce all of these characters after civil war then you have to answer the question of what the fuck they've been doing mm-hmm. while they Thanos is happening war. who got yeah. snapped yeah. all that shit and so like I just think a lot of these characters were throwaways. I really do. Um, I think that this was kind of a bottle episode of a movie, and I just don't think we get much out of it, which is a bummer because I like these people. These people. I I can see a really re- a very real world where 
Taskmaster comes back on a like young Avengers type team where she breaks good, wants to wants to like get the red out of her ledger, so to speak, and um, does like takes like a an Oracle and Batman type type role where she's like a, the human computer of the team or something. Um, but I don't see I don't see that being super likely. Um, I can also see Red Guardian coming back in a in a like David Harbor goes out in style, um, uh, gets to be Red Gar- Red Guardian one last time and like sacrifice like does an old man sacrifice for the team, and with or without like a bunch of other old man characters. I can see them introducing over the next five years and they, they take, they do something in like the halfway point on the way to, um, like, like secret wars or bat- the battle world movie we're going to get in 10 years or something. <laughs> we're not talking about battle world today, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> we are um, always talking about uh, battle world. I want to talk a little bit about Yelena, uh, yeah. because I think uh, Yelena represented the successful, execution of writing a good female character yes that we have mm-hmm. not gotten i'm gonna say it we have not gotten that in scarlet in, in natasha's character and we didn't really get that a lot in carol danvers and i think we finally got that it's like the 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 threads of a a very well-written female protagonist um and, and, and there's a couple things that i thought they did really well you know this this was like as great as David Harbour was, like, yes, he was definitely driving the mm-hmm. like the comedic side. This would have been a very different movie without him. But I think Florence and I, I I've not seen a lot of other things that Florence Pugh's been in Pugh has been in, but I really liked her performance. I thought she was great. She brought I mean, there's a lot of chemistry between between her character and, and Scarlett Johansson's character, which one. But two, Yelena had a lot like Yelena is dripping with character more so than yeah. I feel like we ever got with Natasha honestly up until age of Ultron because mm-hmm. like think about like what Natasha was in Iron Man 2 and Avengers she's yep. the lady character you know mm-hmm. what I mean like there was just like hey let's look at ScarJo's butt for a while and and like they the writers clearly know that they acknowledge mm-hmm. that and they say look it was this was 10 years ago like we need we need more character development than just like we dress her up in fancy clothes you know what I mean like yeah it's 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 got to move past that and and her Kind of making the jokes about the three point landing, oh, you so know, good. like <laughs> so awesome. It, it was very much. I think that was very much signaling a change of the guard, mm-hmm. right? Where like if if Yelena is our new Black Widow, our new assassin character, she's got a lot more personality. She's 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 a funny character. Like mm-hmm. she's she's got yeah. a lot of heart. She's got motive. Like she's got an interesting backstory, and we got all of that. And that's what I think we really got out of this movie, more so than anything else. Uh, mm-hmm. out, outside of like a really cool, you know, everything like whatever recreation of the the Winter Soldier fighting on the helicarrier battle at the end of the movie. Like there was some really good character development here for her. I I would agree with with all that. I think that the easy bet is that Elena Belova um, is is gonna be part of whatever Val is doing, um, which we can chat a bit about that later. I mean, I'm looking at IMDb, and she's booked in all eight episodes of Hawkeye. So she's <laughs> there it is. all eight there episodes of Hawkeye yep. already. So um, yeah. Yep, and that's Perfect. that's certainly a thing. And and if you haven't seen uh, Florence Pugh um, do other things, I caught her in Midsummer, And like so her acting, her yeah. acting yeah. range yeah. is great. Um, she, yeah, I, I would 100% movie. agree that they 
they are building her from the ground up as a very like fleshed out character. And I think that is fantastic. Um, she was just every scene that I think she was in, she stole the show. And like the only time she wasn't stealing the show was because David Harbour was in the scene and he's just such a big, like, like ball of he, charisma that yeah, it's hard it, to steal the show from. Him. Also mm-hmm. real quick. So we're not going to talk about the fact that Florence Pugh is dating Zach Braff from scrubs. Ooh, but ah. I do, <laughs> I do, do want to call out that Zach Braff and David Harbour are the exact same age. Didn't like that. That sucks. Doesn't it? I want um, to, to put a, mind. to wash my mouth He's, out with funny soap. Yeah. I would like to put on top of all the bits Marvel has ever done ever in anything ever alligator Loki at the top yep directly <laughs> underneath Yelena Belova's vest like yep. yeah <laughs> vest so much, bit yeah. with it the is, pockets in the car so many pockets, yes. hilarious and and legit um Scarlett Johansson is wearing that vest in Infinity oh, yep. War yep yep yeah that's great that was so this we're not going to talk about this but that was a huge there was a, a big theory that like the, the Scarlett Johansson Natasha character we got in Infinity War was actually a face swapped, um, you know, Yelena oh. character what? because of yeah because of I like never the, heard that because of the scene where they showed the drawing of the outline over her face because they were going oh, to harvest her brain sure. and then she wears the vest which is obviously the same person um, I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to do that uh, the only other thing I want to add here is that I'm I'm pretty much in agreement with Matt I think we get uh, Yelena Belova back. Absolutely. Um, in my dreams, we get a Red Guardian short run of the Winter Guard, but they don't do Disney Plus shows for no reason. Um, they they always have something that comes of it. And so I unless there's a reason for the Winter Guard to get together that, that leads to a new enemy or something, we're not going to see that. And I think the only way we see anything further with Taskmaster is if... It looked like she left her helmet on the battlefield and General Ross shows up to the battlefield that everyone has like vacated. And so I could see potentially in a world where he takes whatever recording technology was in that um, that oh, helmet yeah. and like he makes a new Taskmaster. Um, we'll talk more about Taskmaster in a hot second. Um, but I, 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 we don't need to talk about it, but I had a bullet point here, listeners, that you should know about where we were specifically going to talk about the Red Guardian, because I thought he was 100% going to die here in this movie, um, and he didn't. Um, I don't think we need to talk more about Red Guardian at this point. We all want David Harbour. We're going to tweet at Marvel, give us more David Harbour as Red <laughs> Guardian, because all of his like old war stories that were obviously not real, or when he says to... To Black Widow, like, does, does he talk about me? Does he ever tell you? Like, <laughs> David David Harbour's like war stories are gonna get the same treatment that um, like Louise's retelling of events from Ant Man are online, <laughs> yeah. where everyone is gonna be like, wouldn't it be hilarious if David Harbour shows up and and blah blah blah? And it's like, no, that would actually be terrible because you're not a t- a movie writer, but but your heart's in the right place, like. That'll be the, the the bit online for the next year and a half. But I mean, I mean, isn't it isn't it like fairly likely that we could see a D plus show that's just like the Adventures of Red Guardian? I think it would be. I could see them doing like a cartoon, but again, like if they, I, it just doesn't seem like Disney Plus is putting out show unless they just want to like pump more money into the engine, which they could. Um, they they don't seem to do shows that don't have a purpose. Like, it adds context. It, it prepares something new. 
counterpoint falcon and the winter soldier <laughs> but that 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 was so that was the second time we got to see val that gave us if nothing I else know, US agent. Just yeah being an asshole i i can definitely see like red guardian popping into the shows the d plus shows as a like again just that like old contact that's that knows where they need to go in russia or like and they they get a little bit of David Harbor. David Harbor gets to cash a check, and then like he's gone. Like I can see him popping in for fun in in non non consequential shows and movies. But I, I think as a main character, this was this was his this was it. I've uh, two quick takes before we move on from this topic. And take number one is that. David Harbour was too good of a Red Guardian for them to ever cast a different Red Guardian, mm-hmm. yeah. which means that we probably don't get Red Guardian any younger than, like, 40. Um, mm-hmm. And then take number two is that Bucky Barnes has to know Red Guardian somehow, you yeah. know? Because, mm-hmm. like, yeah. he knew... Um, oh, God, I don't remember his name from Falcon and the Winter Soldier, old Captain America... Um, Isaiah, Isaiah, Isaiah Bradley. Thank you. Yep. Like he remembers Isaiah Bradley from literally the cold war era. Mm -hmm. We know that red guardian was active during the cold war era. They have to know each other. And so, sorry, is it possible then? So when, when red guardian is talking about fighting with cap, is it possible that he fought with Isaiah Bradley instead of Steve Rogers? Oh, um, I don't guess. It super is because he never said he never said he never said Steve Rogers, Steve Rogers or any details. He just said the shield. True. And, well, and, like, and because they even say like, wouldn't he have been in the ice when that yep. happened? Right. Yeah, Maybe yeah. he actually never says. fought. Well, no, he definitely fought. Well, the America. joke, the joke is that he didn't. Yeah, because this would have come out before Falcon and the Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. and uh-huh. then yeah. everyone would, and then Falcon and Winter Soldier would have come out, and everyone would have been like, oh, he wasn't lying, and we just did it backwards. And yeah. we missed that connection. But he yeah. also, but he also says to Natasha, like, does he does he tell you about me or does he talk about me? So like, so but that, again, that, he doesn't say, does Steve talk about me? Yeah, and, but I mean, like, Natasha probably doesn't know Isaiah Brett. I uh, I don't know it, the whole yeah, thing. And yeah. he's been in a Russian, a Siberian prison in the middle of nowhere. He doesn't know yeah. which Captain America is making the news. Yeah. He knows well, he fought a Captain America. And he and, could be that old though, because he has a version of the Super Soldier Serum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if you look at yeah. if you look at how old Isaiah Bradley looks in Falcon and the Winter Soldier versus how old David Harbour looks mm-hmm. in Black Widow, knowing that both of them spent an extended period in a torturous prison environment, like I think that I I would at least assume that Red Guardian is some amount younger than Isaiah, Isaiah. Bradley yeah. and significantly younger than Steve Rogers. The the only the last thing I have for Red Guardian is that if we don't get a Disney Plus show, maybe we get a what if episode of, the, of the Winter Super. Guard. Fair. Um, Super yep. duper. OK, this is the one that I think I, I want to talk about. So so we've already mentioned the Taskmaster um, reveal. Let's talk a bit more about it. So. I kind of already placed what I think happens, but you know, one, what did you think of the Taskmaster reveal? Was it a surprise to you? Did you see this coming? Um, and two, do we get 
some form more of Taskmaster going forward. And and for reference, listeners, um, the source material for Taskmaster is really stupid and goofy. Um, it is a man <laughs> named Tony Masters, um, which is fun that they did like Tony to Antonia. So that's cool. And he has a photogenic me- or photo- photogenic photographic memory um, where he can memorize people's uh people's moves their abilities things like that and i think that the way he often gets defeated is he can only remember so much or he has to start like forgetting they, forgetting they, from family memories to learn they more sw- fighting they moves. swap in they swap in too fast for him to mm-hmm. to remember all of them at once kind of thing yeah yeah. Um, I, I'll I'll quickly just say it, it wasn't that big of a surprise because Olga Kurylenko was in the opening credits yep. role, and and it was like, oh, I haven't seen her yet. Oh, we have another character who's you know, I assume they they introduced Chekhov's daughter. Yeah, <laughs> in yeah. this case, yeah. What's his name? Chekhov's uh, Drakov. Drakov's daughter. Um, and Olga Kurylenko was was in the opening credits reveal, yeah. and we didn't see her. So I was like, "Yeah." And and Matt like so it was like we had a, we had a moment like five minutes before the reveal, and Matt was like, "I bet Taskmaster is his daughter." I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, Olga Kurylenko. We haven't seen her yet, so I bet yep. it too." <laughs> yeah, I figured out pretty early on that it was going to be Drakov's daughter. I did not catch that Olga Kurylenko was in the opening crawl, um, but I. It, it was probably about the halfway point of the movie. I'm like, oh, Dracov's daughter is Taskmaster. I get it now. I I caught pretty early on that that Taskmaster was a woman and not a man. And if I had watched this movie on more than five hours of sleep, I probably would have put the last puzzle piece into place that it was the daughter once that all fell, like, fell into place. Um I was not surprised that it was mm-hmm. the daughter when the when you, the reveal happened. But do you guys think it would have been cool if they actually could have used a woman's body and not CG'd Olga Kurylenko's head onto a man's <laughs> body? Because that sucked. <laughs> I I yeah. wasn't. I, I there were early estimates on. The, I think there were there were like three. I think guesses early on, and one was that it was Ot's character. Um, one was that it was Rachel Wise's character. Melina was somehow going to be Taskmaster, mm-hmm. um, which it's I think Vice, I, like Budapest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think I was I was still in that that Melina camp for a lot of the movie. And then, like, obviously, it gets to the end. They do the face swap technology. That's not the case. Um, and then, real early on, people were like, "Oh, Hawkeye is Taskmaster." And I, I was had, like, I had mm, seen that, yeah, and that was. I was half expecting that to be the reveal, but I also had the like, no, this is definitely like, this is definitely a woman. Character. Yeah, and I think the only reason anyone thought that whatsoever is because the previews featured that arrow shot so many yeah. times, and everyone's yeah. like, "Oh, Hawkeye," and you're like, "Yeah, well, like, the whole dude's whole thing is like taking people's powers." Um, yeah, so I didn't see that reveal coming until like right before it happened. And I was like, oh, this is good. But also, I, I was not familiar with the actress Olga, but like the internet about a week before the movie came out was like, mm-hmm. this is a pretty big name to have yeah. seen nothing of. And then collectively, I think people were like, oh, that's right. There well, it is. And what, what made that really, what made the, so really quick, I want to talk, I don't know if you have it in Easter egg, so we can cut this if you yeah. do. But the the Bond reference that when, the, when Scarlett Johansson's watching Moonraker, which like, I love that. That uh, Natasha's favorite Bond movie is Moonraker. That's so good. <laughs> Excellent. Um, Excellent. 
but it's also really interesting because Olga Kurienko was was Bond Bond girl. She was oh, in Quantum of Solace. That. She's yeah. the yeah, oh. she's the main character in Quantum of Solace. Oh yeah, um, I did know that then. Yeah, so I, I that's that's kind of how I was like, oh, like that's a yeah, that's a big get, big. Mm-hmm. and 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 fits for like a spy movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I at the James Bond scene, I I just had the thought of like, I I enjoy the trend of Marvel giving its like female heroes now the the personality trait of likes old like likes classic television mm-hmm. or movies because that that called back to um scarlet witch yeah, she me. likes sports kyle sports and <laughs> drinking beer <laughs> she's one I, of the guys <laughs> i uh, i i did not have that easter egg in my my list we'll get to real quick earlier but i thought that was that was good to point out yeah um i stick to what i said earlier mm-hmm. that i think Antonia Drakov is done and we don't see her again. But Todd, I liked what you said about does General Ross take the Taskmaster helmet and do we get a new Taskmaster? Because that seems a little bit more possible to me mm-hmm. than Antonia Drakov coming back. I firmly think Antonia Drakov is done. Well, let's let's jump to this last. Oh, so the last little bit I had under Taskmaster is, and, and you guys can fill in if I miss any, because we'll hit it here instead of Easter eggs. Obviously, Taskmaster's thing is copying, you know, people's abilities. Uh, Drakov even says, like, they, they've been learning from your friends. And so we obviously saw the ones that I gathered. Um, we, the Black Panther claws were so on the nose. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. That, that was in such a dramatic moment that, like, okay, cool. <laughs> um, obviously, a lot of Captain America, which I saw on the internet speculation that Red Guardian didn't have his shield because Taskmaster's shield was Red Guardian's shield. Uh, um, that's huh. why Red Guardian never got his shield in like the movie when he pulled out his uniform. Um, which, which would make sense because the shield mm-hmm. that he throws towards the end is Taskmaster's shield. Um, we obviously saw so Captain America moves, Hawkeye moves. We saw a Winter Soldier knife flip, which yep, I think yeah. was neat. Um, and the first tell that Taskmaster was a woman was the Black Widow pose mirroring. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. early on, you're like, oh right, you're. This is not a, a typical <laughs> like masculine body in that suit. Okay, cool. Yeah, I don't know if you guys caught other ones, but those are the ones that I saw. Those were the I, ones that I saw too. I didn't catch any other ones, but also I watched again five hours <laughs> of sleep on this. Yeah, it'd, it'd be pretty wild if Taskmaster was shooting lightning from there, <laughs> right? Or like or like spider webs or things yeah. like that. Yeah, I was gonna say like that is basically that one, two, three, four, five characters are basically all of the hand to hand combat yeah, people that we've the, gotten all the, so far. Yeah. All the martial characters. Yeah, because like yeah, by yeah. 2016, we haven't seen like a Koye fight yet, mm-hmm. which would be another hand to hand combat person or like M'Baku or anybody like it, that. It didn't get a lot of time, um, but the complete arsenal of weapons that Taskmaster had was very interesting, all coming from that backpack. Like, at one point, she puts the sword back in and, like, collapses back into the backpack. It's the, like, it's the cool. Legend of Zelda backpack. Yeah. yeah. Hammer's face. She's yeah. got a backpack of holding. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so so let's kind of wrap this up then. Um, so this movie, it, you know, again, spoiler alerts if you're still here. Uh, the movie ends with Black Widow getting away, and I put on here actually pretty much everyone but Drakov gets away. Like every single person walks away from this. Yeah, nobody dies. Yeah, just Drakov and the bad guys. Uh, Yel- Elena blows up that plane engine and is unscathed. <laughs> just, just, just that was back very silly. Uh, then we get the then of course there was like the uh, the scar or the uh, Scarlett Johansson's point break to catch up with her, which is pretty cool. Um, so. Drakov is the only person that doesn't get away. 
the Red Room is disbanded. Um, Yelena um, and Antonia and or slash the artist formerly known as Taskmaster leaves with the widows, presumably to rescue the rest of the widows that are still kind of out there is kind of the assumption that I got. Um, then we ultimately see Yelena mourning at Natasha's grave before Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, a.k.a. Val, uh, catches up to her to show her on an iPad that she's going to go murder Clint Barton. Um, so I think that kind of wraps everything there. So, guys, my question to you is, where does this take us next? Um, and I guess, what did this give us as far as staging going forward? Which I'd kind of throw it to Kyle first, because he already mentioned the Hawkeye series. I was going to say, obviously, so obviously, from what I said earlier, this takes us to Hawk, the Hawkeye series. Um, I think we'll probably get... Um, Yelena taking over, maybe completing her mission and and assassinating Clint Barton and taking over the Hawkeye mantle, um, which is different but similar to what happens in a, a very famous um, Matt Fraction's run of the Hawkeye series. It sets mm. up Clint Barton passing the title to a female Hawkeye. Um, but I think that'll be Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop is that character in mm -hmm. the comics because i could see marvel well she's making... already she's casted in, in in the hawkeye series well never mind then <laughs> yeah that's um, uh, um Haley steinfeld, Haley steinfeld. Yep. oh okay the well, actress from mind. pitch perfect <laughs> that's right um but that that obviously takes us to to the hawkeye series um we'll um and i think they'll wrap up probably the like the red room wrap up Mm -hmm. Then, too, we'll get a scene at the beginning, a line at the beginning of Hawkeye where it's like, and we just finished freeing the last <laughs> Black Widow. Like, <laughs> Way to go, everyone. Um, Mission accomplished. It was that, great that we did all that off camera, right? Yeah. 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 And, and that's that's what it will be. That's where I that's what all I see spinning out of this um, is that that setup. Yeah, hard agree. Um, I like I said. I mean, I think that this movie served exactly two purposes. Purpose one: send off Scarlett Johansson. Purpose mm -hmm. two: introduce Florence Pugh. That mm -hmm. was it. They could have sent out a press release that said Scarlett Johansson's done. <laughs> Florence Pugh's here now, and it would have done yeah. the exact same thing. Um, so, I mean, I think that the. I think we'll get Florence Pugh in the Hawkeye series, obviously. I mean, she's booked for all the episodes. I don't think that we get to see Val's team, so to speak, together for like a while, you know? Because mm -hmm. I think that it's going to sort of be like Val doing the Nick Fury thing, talking to people about the Avengers initiative, and maybe she's giving some, director, some directions and pulling some strings from behind the scenes. But like, I don't think that we're going to see Elena Belova and John Walker getting out of the same limo in the next four or five <laughs> movies. Um, I, I think Val is going to be a major player in Hawkeye and okay. we'll, we'll get, mm. I, I see that happening and I think we'll get maybe a, a post credits at the last episode of, of the, like the same Tony Stark showing up in, um, Incredible Hulk saying, I'm here to talk to you about the Avengers. I'm here to in the Avengers initiative. But I think you're right. The full team won't be formed then for a few years after that. 
aside from Jeremy Renner, um, well, aside from like Hawkeye, Kate Bishop, um, and Yelena Belova, have they? And I'm asking this because I have not looked this up. Have they revealed who like the bad guy of Hawkeye is going to be? Because all that I know so far is it's supposed to be like a passing of the torch story for Kate um, Bishop. And I and have it, the I have the IMDb page open. I can yeah. rattle off named characters so far if that if that we want to do that and that sparks anything in anyone. But I I haven't seen anything official. I would take that. Give me that list. All right. So I'm seeing. Named characters, Maya Lopez, Zach Dunesk, Eleanor uh, Jacques, Bishop. Jacques Duquesne. <laughs> there it is. Um, I'm from Pittsburgh. <laughs> Cassie, William Lopez, Elena Belova, Clint Barton, Kate Bishop, and City Park Jogger. Um, from what I can tell, Jacques or Jack Duquesne. So Jack in the... The swordsman. In the, yeah, he's Jacques Duquesne, <laughs> a.k.a. the swordsman. Which I have never heard of this character before. He looks like a fucking tool. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's connected to Clint Barton. Uh, da, 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 da. The Mandarin against Iron Man committed to cro- various crimes around the world. Yeah. So like maybe that's our like. Cool. Oh, surprisingly, swordsman fit in well and developed a crush on the Scarlet Witch. There you go. All right. Um, um, yeah. He served alongside a brainwashed Black Panther or Black Widow and Power Man. Okay, who cares? Maya Lopez is Echo in the comics. Yes. Um, she's a deaf character, mm. uh, Native American of the Cheyenne Nation. Um, looks like she fits in a little bit more with, like, Daredevil and mm-hmm. sure. Bullseye. Well, and part of, the, part of the theory here, too, is that the Hawkeye... So there's a Hawkeye run where um, Clint loses his hearing. And yeah. so that that can be easily part of this. I was just curious if if that um, was anything. Here's one. Kazi is is credited. Uh, Kazi is in the comics. Kazi mirrors. Kazi mirrors. Kazi Mirzak, aka Clown. Yes, thank you. Please. Who was hired by numerous mob bosses, including the Kingpin, the Owl, and the leader of the Tracksuit Draculas. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> to kill Clinton Barton. So maybe we're going to get the tracksuit Draculas Man, in Hawkeye. Okay. Can we, for a second, I love the idea that Marvel at this point has so much clout <laughs> that they could do they that. do the oh, tracksuit yeah. There can be a whole like two episode portion of Hawkeye where okay. he's disbanding the tracksuit Draculas. So, <laughs> so to, cool. to add more context to this then, both the Clint Barton is deaf storyline and the tracksuit draculas are all from that matt fraction run of okay. hawkeye that is very <laughs> popular and, and good yeah i want to make it clear to the listeners at no point in time when i was writing these notes or watching black widow did i think we were going to use the words tracksuit draculas together no nope. more than once That's all right my I, favorite rob zombie song real quick i want to yeah, say that yeah um, go brian darcy james is listed as being in all eight episodes of Hawkeye. But uncasted. And is uncasted. <laughs> so That's usually a good sign, too. I bet it's him. I don't know who <laughs> he is, but I bet it's him. Um, yeah, so so Matt and Andrew, thought about thoughts about where this kind of launches us that we haven't already said? Didn't um, I just give my thoughts? It's Andrew's you might have. Turn. Andrew, yeah, you. It's, yes. it's my turn. Uh, I don't know, something, something, Dark Avengers, Yelena, and... Uh, um, <laughs> Fucking Kurt Russell's son are gonna team up. 
Cool. <laughs> my, my, I think my question at this point is, yeah, obviously, those things that you said. Um, my question at this point is, are we getting Dark Avengers? Are we getting Thunderbolts? Is it an amalgamation of the two? Um, and yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see how, how that comes together. Actually, let me pose this question. So do you, I wonder if, knowing that there are potential other villains in Hawkeye, I'd be curious to, we'll, we'll find out, is maybe Yelena is introduced as an early villain, he puts in air quotes, but maybe it's Yelena and Kate Bishop teaming up, and maybe yeah. mm -hmm. that means that Kate Bishop actually gets on this new you know, this new team up and, and maybe, I don't know, fuck it. Maybe Val's team, whatever that is. Like, I like the idea that Val is kind of the new Nick Fury. Mm -hmm. um, and she doesn't really necessarily have to be evil. She's just complicated. <laughs> yeah. I think um, so. Like, I don't know. Uh, it's cool that like, maybe this is our new, like earthly Avengers where they're, you know, they're going to, to other countries. And then, uh, the new cap, um, Sam is, is, gonna go out in space or something I don't know. yeah i i would add this that so i think kate bishop's gonna end up in the young avengers i think that's where she's going i was gonna say um, that the young avengers are definitely rumored and then i think the dark avengers are also coming um probably two different d plus series mm -hmm. there i don't know if they're gonna be like huge in the movies they'll cross over but and then i think we'll get um the the thunderbolts will be the movie bad guy team and um there might be like a tv show bad guy team as well here's what i would throw out so i if i wanted to like if i wanted to call you know my shot that i can see us getting two teams the thunderbolts and the dark avengers and i think that is decided on how um no way home goes because in the dark avengers the dark rain storyline um uh what is his name um, the Green Goblin, um, Norman Osborn, is a big shot caller in yeah. that. He he yeah. is the one like pulling the strings for the Dark Avengers, and so I think that if we see a future where there is a Norman Osborn in uh, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, because they have the shared rights, where he is like pulling the strings and bankrolling things as like an evil Tony Stark, then I can see us having two teams. And that is fun because then at that point, if you think like it's hard to cheer for the bad guys, but if there's two bad teams, then there's, yeah. you know, there's certainly like there's the bad and then there's like this, there's the bad and there's the flawed. And so how do you, how do you see them interact? You know, man, Norman Osborn in the MCU would be such a good get. Well, um, that's the, that's the rumor. But then again, there's a lot of rumors in Spider-Man No Way Home and no one knows what's rumors. happening. How how mad are we all going to be if Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield just aren't in the movie? Like, just really what, actually aren't in the movie. What if, here's one better. What if if we go to see No Way Home and it's just Morbius? <laughs> it's just, <laughs> maybe maybe a fun thing would be, like, us recording before we go to see it, what we think it is, and then the recording <laughs> afterwards, because the first recording will be so bad we'll never release it. Hey, that's that's what I had for the, for the movie today. I want to go through the Easter eggs real quick, unless you guys cool. have more closing thoughts on the movie. Can um can I like thirty seconds? I want to talk about Melina real quick because we haven't really talked about much. About I her. swear to God, I thought you were gonna say Morbius again. <laughs> I would love to talk about Morbius. Um, so I think Melina. I thought Melina was really interesting, but I think the biggest problem that I had with with that was her character, just on how quickly, like on a dime, she turned on um, Ray Winstone. Yeah. Um, 
Dracov. I cannot remember yeah, Dracov. Dracov. <laughs> and, and and I think the the one thing about the plot, like I could not I could not get over. Like I can hand wave the floor, the floating fortress in the sky. I can hand wave the armies of assassins. But for some reason, I could not hand wave Melina's like absolute one one eighty. And and here's why. So they go to her little farm, and she's like, you, she has set up as the cold scientist. Like she's mm-hmm. she's kind of a motherly character in that intro, but like not really. Um, and she's set up as this like cold scientist and she cares so much more about these like these pigs that she's trained and she's like ready to let the pig die in front of her to tell her to stop breathing right like she's cold as shit right um and then all of a sudden we see like um natasha's talking to her and she's like yeah this is what we were trained to do like i don't know what to, i don't know what to tell you and then uh she has this photo album she kept this photo album which is like totally out of her character mm-hmm. and then uh and then she called Dracov's forces and then all of a sudden she was ready to turn on this entire department and just like take down the castle in the sky in an instant and, and like on a hair turn and I like I still like it's it's kind of irking me like I don't know why and, and it was like the the she's like something something she saw the girls as their mother I was like that's not that just seems very out of character I don't know I can't mm-hmm. I can't get past that 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 is goes with the like the big tone jumps to to mm-hmm. with me where it's yeah. like we're joking about these forced hysterectomies going on and like yeah and, and jamming jokes in between talking about breaking up this child trafficking ring which yeah. was really like yeah really weird to me um and and i made the comparison to the the born series earlier but i think the better comparison to this movie and the 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 vibes i kept getting was this felt like a fast and the furious yep. movie <laughs> yep. where the the 100%. lesson the answer the lesson family. was family family, family yeah. comes first and you aren't supposed to think about that complete 180 character shift because family comes first, Andrew. Don't you know that? Like, yeah. of course she made that that change on a dime because family. Yeah. Anyway, we can go to Easter eggs, but that's it. Hey, are you ready for Mephisto to be in this show? Because he's going to be in this show. <laughs> From the nerds at Debate This comes The Ploose is Loose, a podcast where we break down every episode of the latest MCU shows being aired on Disney+. Dottie was going to be the embodiment of Mephisto. I feel very strongly that whether it was Mephisto... I do not think this is Mephisto. This is Mephisto. I'm Mephisto. You Mephisto. I'm going to keep saying Mephisto. I'm Mephisto. Shards of Mephisto. It's Mephisto. It's Mephisto. <laughs> How many times can we say Mephisto in this podcast each week we talk through plot details easter eggs and our own predictions for how the shows will end her husband who she talks about but we've yet to see is Ooh, yeah. likely going to be mephisto be she me mephisto the mailman is mephisto uh, everyone is mephisto <laughs> mephistology the study of mephisto okay so let's talk about this mephisto bit schindler's mephisto find us on spotify apple podcasts or wherever you download podcasts what we didn't get were any mephisto sightings I'll be at the bar drinking a beer and waiting for Mephisto to show up. Well, there's obviously a ton of Easter eggs. Um, By the time you're listening to this, you've probably watched three different Easter eggs videos. I'm going to hit the big ones that I think are relevant to to people who enjoy these stories and have watched through a lot of the MCU. Um, in, In the first one, we finally find out what happened at Budapest. We get it. Budapest. 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 Um, we finally find it out. That was where Black Widow and Hawkeye they were they were doing a an arson to kill Drakov. Um, his daughter was presumably a casualty of that war. Neither of them died. Um, there was a big standoff. <laughs> there was a ten day hideout, and they spent two days in a ceiling tile that Natasha and Yelena hid in in the movie. Um, we also then, if you missed it, when they were in the safe house, 
Yelena looks at the wall and says, well, what makes those holes in the wall? And Natasha goes, arrows. So yeah. that was signifying that her and Hawkeye had had a big shootout from the safe house, which I thought was fun. I liked the implication that they, they like were so bored they played a tic-tac-toe on the walls <laughs> of that tile. But it was sure. only like five games of tic-tac-toe. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. And they're like, yeah, we're done with that. Yeah, like they were there for 25 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, we find out so early on, I thought this was fun, um, Alexi is working for the North Institute, which in the comics actually has ties to the Red Room where they train killers to assassinate Black Widow. Um, the even reference that some of the work being done there is coming off the back of the Winter Soldier program. Um, I'm pretty sure the North Institute was a real thing where they were where the government was studying mind control. Um, sure. Pretty sure that's a real thing because it's named after Ollie North, which has its own issues. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Um, we had talked about the the lead in credits, which is very strange that we got lead in credits. Well, um, there's probably a reason for that. Aside from ruining the Taskmaster reveal for a lot of us, <laughs> it uh, it also showed a number of like. Uh, aside from mind control and, and the Red Room stuff, but it showed a number of major political figures. The ones that I caught were Jimmy Carter, Bill Clinton, and Vladimir Putin um, with Drakov, um, which I think it's fun when Marvel does that. Like, I think it's fun when Marvel puts, you know, its universe into, like, real-world things. It, we found out, too, that Drakov actually assassinated JFK. Did you guys know that? Oh, did we find that? No. Oh, no. That's oh. I, was like, I, thought that was, I thought that was left in the X-Men universe. Yeah. <laughs> I do like that that now the 90s are far enough away that that Bill Clinton is right? a, is a historical callback. Yeah. That's weird to me and I and time is is cruel. Um, <laughs> that's all. Um we talked a bit about OT's character Mason. Um so he is a fixer of sorts obviously in this movie, but his source material, he is the son of Spider-Man villain the Tinkerer. Um who oh. Yeah, who cool. uh, was featured in Spider-Man Homecoming. I can't imagine they're ever going to connect those dots, but that's fun. Um, there are, and I'm not going to list them out here, but there's a lot of references to the other Avengers um, in the movie. You know, they say one of the big ones, the god from space, the incredible shrinking convict, uh, and of course all the doting that Red Guardian does over Captain America. Uh, um, I think some mention of Tony Stark, like we can't all be funded by Tony Stark or something for sure. too. And yeah. Yeah. I think we're going we're gonna to see that forever until someone else fills that void. Um, this one here for Matt. Obviously, Red Guardian calls the, uh, calls the man that he arm wrestles uh, slash breaks his wrist the Great Bear. Um, this is uh, He's even credited as Ursa in IMDb, but this is obviously Ursa Major, um, who in the Winter Guard is effectively their Hulk, which is a man that turns into a giant bear. And we are all incredibly sad that we did not get to see a CGI giant bear in this movie. When they finally introduce mutants to the MCU, I think it's believable that we get Ursa Major as a giant bear. Mm -hmm. I don't want to, like, put a bunch of eggs in that basket because we may never go back there again. But, like, sure. they definitely gave him enough and didn't kill him, obviously, but if they brought him back, I'd believe it. I'll go back with what you said, that if they if there's any hope for Red Guardian to return at any point, I think the connection is perhaps the Winter Soldier. I will say, I w he does call him Ursa while they're mm -hmm. arm wrestling. He does he does name drop that. So yeah. that is that is in there. Um I think I think <clears throat> if if we're getting Ursa Major, 
you guys are really hopeful seeing a, yeah. a live action thing. We, we'll get we'll get it in what if if we get it anywhere. Um. So more more things to the Winter Guard. Yelena calls Red Guardian Crimson Dynamo. Um. This is the effectively the Russian Iron Man, um, yeah. who in the source material is Anton Vanko, who in this universe is the father of Ivan Vanko, aka Whiplash, who was the villain in Iron Man Two. He's also referenced in uh, Agent Peggy Carter, which I think yes. is canon, right? I don't no. know. I, it's not? They, okay. They, I don't know. I feel like Marvel goes back and forth every couple They've of years. They've been very cagey with it. Yeah. They're, they're, not, they're not answering the question right out, but mm-hmm. they they are not saying like it is these, these shows are canon anymore. Yeah. Where also, they used to say that. If I'm not mistaken, didn't that show involve the Red Room as well? Matt maybe knows yes. this. I saw did a clip it? online. Oh, you that saw talked it. About okay. it. Yeah. Did it? Yes. I it don't did. remember <laughs> that. I don't know. I, I didn't see it. That's. I, I'm. I think Todd and I watched the same. Did you? Was a heavy spoiler. It was probably heavy spoilers. Yeah. Um. I. Yeah. I only know because I. I mean, I didn't watch okay. Agent Carter, but yeah. Well, hold for Agent Carter is really on good. Honestly, I. I think Agent Carter of all of the shows is the one that they could say is canon and not yeah. leave yeah. any loose ends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, because... except for the Steve was married to Peggy the whole time thing. Well, yeah, different, but that's different universe. a different universe. It's variant. Shit. Something, something variant. Yeah, but like, something. Uh, the guy who plays Jarvis in Agent Carter also played Jarvis a, in Endgame. Uh, Endgame. Endgame. So. Yeah. Mm. And I and I could easily see them now once Loki wraps up, that's how they explain yeah. like Different Yeah, universe. sure, they're canon. They're variants. Mm-hmm. Shut up about Fine. it. Yeah. 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 Um, which obviously this is a timestamp for this episode that we've recorded before the last episode of Loki comes out, just so everyone is on board with that. Um we do get uh Melina references, she makes the quote uh genetic potential at one point. Um I'm choosing to believe this sounds pretty X gene ish. To me, and not like superior genes. That's better than person. that's better than eugenics ish. Yes, for yeah. sure. Yeah, that is what I choose to believe. There, <laughs> um, it had been referenced already today. Uh, Yelena's vest goes through Natasha, and she wears it in Infinity War. It has so many pockets. It's it so really pockets. good. I didn't catch that until I saw it on the TikTok today. That's that's funny. Yeah. yeah, they just her comic delivery was just so good with everything. Mm-hmm. Um. We also another throwback. We get the face swap technology from Captain America: Winter Soldier. Um, it it comes back and it is great. And I did not and see that coming. It was in Falcon and Winter Soldier, right? Didn't Sharon use it? Yeah. It keeps oh coming. yeah. It's the gift that keeps giving. Okay. Yeah. That's of the of the what I assume are Stark tech things that keep coming back. We've somewhat left the the barf. Um, <laughs> on the cutting room floor, and we're here with this. Well, I take that back. Barf was in uh, was in Far From Home. Anyway, not the point. Um, a villain weaponizing pheromones was kind of the entire thing that Purple Man did in AKA Jessica Jones the first season. Yep, that was the whole thing. Like if you're close by, you you are under his pheromone powers. Hmm. Um, Black Widow gets the Quinjet at the end, uh, which you know she uses to break out Team Cap and ultimately uh, save Scarlet Witch and Vision. Someone made the joke that apparently after that happens in the timeline, Tony Stark then has Happy Hogan become his personal assistant. And they like the joke that I had heard in this this like YouTube recap was like maybe this is why he fired the old assistant is because someone stole a Quinjet 
and I like to believe oh. that that's canon. <laughs> I could also see a sh- a short or or Happy having a line in the next <clears throat> Spider-Man movie where he's like, "And I lost that Quinj." He never forgave me since I lost yeah. that Quinjet. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, and then the last one I had in here, so Val, a.k.a. who we presume may become Madam Hydra in the comics, um, she hints to Yelena Belova's involvement in the Hawkeye Disney Plus series that is coming out later this year, TBD. Um, and again, as we had said, Florence Pugh has been credited in eight episodes. There it is. There Which it is. is cool, because I will very much take eight episodes of Florence Pugh yeah, great. doing yeah. things. Yeah. Well, with all that said, that is our recap of the story, uh, spoilers, major plot points, and Easter eggs. And so um, it's been a long time since we've been able to do one of these for a Marvel movie. And boy, howdy, this has been a lot of fun. So we appreciate you all listening uh, in here. And so once again, thank you for listening with us here at Debate This. Please follow along with the arguments on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Debate This Cast. And check out our website at DebateThisCast.com. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review so more people can hear our fantastic, nerdy, wonderful show so until next time i'm todd thomas i'm matt when you go to a busy italian bowling alley and pay they say that's yelena bowl over there cole i'm Come on, kyle. That was something <laughs> <laughs> i'm kyle sincerely apologizing for matt's uh, pun harper um, I'm Andrew. If Rachel Vice asked me to be a little, little piggy, I would do it. Henderson. <laughs> Saying thanks for debating with us. And if you think we're wrong, then you can come fight us behind the swing sets, nerds. Cool. Stupid Matt. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>